Welcome. We're Jackie and Brian, and this is As the Ice Cream Churns. Together, we founded Ample Hills Creamery, one of the most beloved ice cream brands of the last decade. Then we lost it all. We filed for bankruptcy a day before New York City shut down due to COVID-19. Now, someone else owns Ample Hills, and we're out of work. But we're ready to start over. Come join us for an exploration of what went wrong, and more importantly, what comes next. Our guides are close friend, Debbie Rosen. She created the cracked cookies in our hit flavor, salted cracked caramel. When she's not baking, she's a therapist. We thought she could help us navigate these troubled waters. Let's get started. Hey, Debbie. Hey, Debs. Hi, Brian and Jackie. Or is it Jackie and Brian? (laughs) And the reason I say this is today is a bit of a departure from the story as there's been a lot of interest in how you run a business with your partner, and in your case, a married couple with children. Let's begin. Okay. When you started this business, how did you define your roles? Hmm. Well, I don't know that we uh, thought about it consciously uh, when we started. Uh, I was a screenwriter, as you know. Uh, Jackie was a, a high school teacher. And um, I mean, she was still teaching uh, mm-hmm. during those first few years, actually. Yep. Um, I mean, the business was really, it gen- it, the genesis of it was really sort of as my baby, this thing that like, you know, the ice cream was the thing that I was uh, the most passionate of. And obviously, though, we had to do it together. I mean, it was, it was, it was 110% a, a joint thing. Um, when we started, I think, uh, you know, it was really clear that I could do one thing, which was, you know, make all the ice cream and I could barely do that as we talked about back in the first episode. Um, and so I was working, you know, 12, 14 hour days, just trying to make all this ice cream and really be the back of house and in, in the kitchen, uh, the yeah. creative thing. And, and you were, I was, well, I was, working I was still teaching but I was also then you know working the front of the house too and working with all the scoopers and you know trying to figure out you know how to brand the shop and in charge of all the you know marketing and 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 that kind of thing but I would and I would you know oftentimes you know come back from work at like three thirty, four o'clock to go to work at the shop yeah. so it you was... were working two full-time jobs yeah right? and mm-hmm. I mean the thing that I always thought was so neat was that we were we're kind of marrying this interest in um, storytelling and screenwriting that I had done with your passion for community and and and, and students I mean you're, you know you're working with people and students and, and your job as a teacher right married over perfectly right and and my job as a teacher was you know creating internships for students and and showing them how to work in the real world so that was (laughs) very much of of an interest to me to to make customer service and the experience of coming into ample hills like a an an incredibly fun and exciting you know experience because i knew also just as a as a customer 
um, that you also don't want to walk into a space that doesn't feel good, that the people aren't welcoming, warm, and, you know, the yeah. space isn't great. It's one thing to um, do this, just the two of you, but you had very young children when you, were, when you opened. Kalea was an infant, Nona was three. How did you balance running the shop with your roles as parents? Uh, um, <laughs> that was a challenge. Um, you know, it's, it, 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 that's it. It's, it's one thing when you're, you know, running a shop with a partner, but then you have kids that you have to think about. And in the beginning, really, there, there wasn't a balance. Um, uh, Brian all, worked all day making ice cream and all night at the shop. And, you know, we, we had a sitter, I think, for Kaleo during the day. Mm -hmm. And then um, when I was at work, I mean, I think Nona was in preschool. Um, and, and then I would pick up the kids and then I'd bring the kids to the shop. And then the shop would be the babysitter and mm -hmm. <laughs> I would work at the shop and friends would come in and, you know, you know, maybe help me out for an hour or two um, and take the kids to the playground or, you know, literally mm -hmm. they met um, customers who <laughs> could see that we were stressed out would take the kids over to Underhill playground and like you know oh can we take nona and kaleo with us be like yes right and scoopers became babysitters yeah and some babysitters became scoopers that's I mean, right <laughs> that's right we ended up having to um struggle through that mm -hmm. in those early years in the years that followed as the business and the kids grew how did things change and did the kids feel like they had to compete with the business um, well, yeah, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, um, as they got older, it got a bit easier. Um, you know, we were able to leave them for longer periods of time and, you know, we didn't have to, you know, constantly watch if they were like, you know, I don't know, eating glass off the ground when in the beginning, <laughs> right. Like taking the nails from like that would fall out or it was, it was a little, um, stressful, yeah. you know. I mean, it was good that it was an ice cream shop, you know? I mean, we built a play area in the back yeah. for oh, yeah. kids because we knew our kids would be there. I mean, it wasn't like we had a saw factory that we were taking them to work at. No, um, no, it wasn't. There was also the issue of, you know, uh, trying to um, limit the amount of scoops of ice cream oh. in the beginning. Oh, right, because they were little kids and we didn't want them to eat yeah. ice cream all day long. Every yeah, but day. sometimes they did. Like, we'd sit them down with, like, you know, a piece of ooey gooey butter cake and that would be kind of like right, their... that would get them to be quiet for yeah. a half hour while, yeah. so we could work yeah yeah no it's, <laughs> it's true i mean uh that was that was tough i mean but the the i think as they grew uh there definitely you know came a time when they would just be like you know ice cream ice cream it's all you ever talk yeah. about is ice cream and 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 they would um you know, and then they would start to wish that we had a toy store instead of an ice cream shop or yeah. a cupcake shop instead yeah. of an ice cream shop. How did you explain the business to them? Hmm. When mean, they could understand. Right. Yeah. I mean, it changed over the years, I guess. I mean, at first it was just, you know, we, we make ice cream, you know, and that's all that a three-year-old and a five-year-old, you know, four-year-old need to understand to, you know, be excited. But, you know, um, I guess, you know, where it got really complicated was just as, as time went on and we faced challenges was trying to explain those things to them. And I remember, you know, God, I remember just six months ago sitting down with the kids and trying to explain to them what bankruptcy meant and, 
yeah how tricky that was yeah no <laughs> you know there there were no there were just <laughs> it, when you think back about it it's like um you know there was just it, it was it was a challenge um yeah in those early years how did the staff respond to you as owners founders and as a married couple did their perception change over time as the company grew yeah i mean when we started you know we were really the very definition of a mom and pop shop i mean we were a mom and pop and we were married and we had the kids and the kids lived at the shop and the staff knew the kids uh, many of the staff would watch the kids um, there was a really a sense of uh, all of the all of us being in it together mm -hmm. um, i mean they rooted for us and we were there for them and we worked alongside them i mean you know 14 hours a day you know there were no there were no roles that were too small or too big for anybody to do you know people would help me make ice cream i'd take the garbage out i mean you know you you do everything and you you need to do everything um i think that unfortunately you know one of my great regrets is that you know over time uh as you grow uh and we knew this would happen to some extent and we were conscious of it and we still sort of uh, struggled with how to do it is you know if, if you have 10 shops and as we had 12 shops and 14 shops jackie and i can't be in every shop every day we can't um you know by the end, we had two to three hundred scoopers. I, I didn't know the names of every single scooper, uh, and I couldn't work a, alongside every single person. And we brought in uh, other partners, equity partners, uh, other investors, and so it was no longer just our company. It was a whole group of investors, and um, so that divide between the people that are on the front line scooping ice cream, the people interacting with the co company uh, starts to get wider and wider that gap between them and the founders. And um, I, I'm not sure uh, in retrospect, you know, I don't know how, how we could have changed that, but it's, it's one of the things that that, that goodwill starts to dissipate over time. Yeah, I mean, I think it, you know, towards the, the, the end of, of, before we lost the company, basically, um, you know, towards the end, we were really trying to make an effort to go back to that um, place of mom and pop and be, be a part of the shops um, and really be there. And because it, it seemed every single time I would go to a shop and I would scoop alongside scoopers, you know, when we had gotten as large as we, ha we were, it was always a great experience both for them and for me and you know and it also helps informed informed decisions that we would make you know um you know in a larger sense back at hq and it was it was really you know part of what you know we wanted in a company was that that feeling of rootedness that feeling of grounding that feeling of authenticity of like we're here for you we hear you we want to incorporate you know what your thoughts are into this company and figure out you know how to make sure they're heard it just gets a lot harder when you grow mm -hmm. you have so many you know uh shops and people and um and how do you you keep that sense of of yeah. hominess i remember uh, sort of towards the end actually we 
started to develop a schedule. I yep. was really excited about it. I mean, we never got to enact it because things went south really quickly. But we were, we, you know, we realized that in the day to day, just trying to put out fires, we were never getting to the shops, never spending time with people. And so we developed a schedule yeah. where I think every Tuesday we were going to be in different shops. That's and right. then every Wednesday we were going to be in a shop together and hold like a round table with the staff and answer questions. And every Thursday we were going to be in the factory. And so we were going to really develop a schedule that we were going to stick to because nothing's more critical than that sort of, you know, you have to organize it and structure it and build that time in. Yeah, I was very excited about that. Um, and it it really did seem to, to be the thing that we needed to do at that point in time. Um, and then we couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Even though you were equal partners in the business and in marriage, were there gender issues that arose in running the business? Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> I think, um, you know, for me personally, um, I, I, I kind of just, you know, it was, it was hard just as a woman in general to be heard. Um, it was clear when you're standing alongside a man um, that, you know, more than likely, if you're both you know, part of the head of a company, even though we, you know, he was the CEO and I was the chief culture officer and brand officer. Um, so, you know, but we were both basically the co-founders there. People would most likely look to him for answers. And, you know, um, it was, it, you know, so I had to fight harder really to be heard or to figure out a way that my voice um, you know, wasn't going to end up sounding, um, I don't know, um, uh, contrary to his yeah. in a way, you know, cause we obviously wanted to be a team and I wanted people to see us as a team, you know, um, but people I think really always looked to Brian, um, as the man, <laughs> um, for the answers. Yeah, I, I mean, I think some of that is built into the titles that we also had, you know, given ourselves, you know, I mean, I think that perpetuated some of the, the, the problem. I mean, when we started, uh, I don't know that it was quite that same way, right? Because we didn't have any titles when we started, you know, I mean, the, the staff certainly didn't look to me at all in those early years, because um, we didn't even have roles defined or titles defined. I was just making ice cream and, and, and you had them. But I think that when we raised money and we got investors, you know, 97% of whom were men, and, and it created that, I think, thing you're talking about and the idea that there would only be one CEO. Yeah, no, that's true, I guess. But we always felt that we as co-founders would ultimately make these decisions together. I think that's that right. was the, the issue, right? So then outwardly, it was CEO and chief culture officer. Uh, inwardly, you know, within the marriage, it was, you know, we're in this together and we're only going to make these decisions together. Um, you know, and, you know, the further, you know, piece that I think we faced or I faced was like, the inherent sexism in, you know, just in the workplace. And even, you know, among staff that were women would certainly, it was, it was frustrating to me because, yeah. you know, I, I wanted, 
you know, it, I, I was really only one woman out of, you know, in, in the, um, the C-suite, yeah. you know. Yeah. And <laughs> um, I think it was, you know, boy, and I remember some really difficult times where we would have to make decisions with a group of people and we would not necessarily agree. And then people would hear us uh, yeah yeah no it was funny actually well when what did end up happening was that um sometimes they would play um off of us like mm -hmm. just like parent like just like kids do with their parents mm -hmm. literally and mm -hmm. i don't know if that's gender issues or that's just having like two you know um heads of the family right mm -hmm. and like you know that mommy's going to be more lenient you know here so let me go ask her what i can do and daddy's going to tell me mm -hmm. i could do this because i remember people coming up to me and saying you know, you know, um, I'm, I'm really struggling with this issue and I'm wondering mm -hmm. if you could help knowing that I would be the one to say, yeah, let me, let me see what we can do about that. And then I would go back to Brian and, you know, Brian, so I told them something completely different. And what would you, what did you develop over time to fight this stereotype? Um, you know, I, I think we, I think Brian and I really developed a sense of the fact that we needed to be on the same page um, and had to talk about things before we made any decisions. Because there were times when I would make a decision and it would really piss Brian off because he wasn't involved in it. And there were times that he would make a decision and I would be really angry because I wasn't involved in it. So we had agreed at one point that we were not going to individually make decisions <laughs> until yep. we spoke to each other about it because we recognized the fact that you know it was you know really detrimental to the company if we weren't doing that together and you know um yeah, i think that helped a lot. it did i mean i think a lot of the times you know <laughs> when people look at mom and pop or married or 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 not necessarily mom and pop but you know um, companies that are headed by couples that are in a relationship together, um, you know, they get a little scared because they think the two people that are, you know, founding that company are going to be, uh, you know, at war with each other at some point or it's going to become too emotional <laughs> right. and, or it's going to split up, yeah. and, you know, people are going to have to pick sides. And I mean, that right. obviously happens uh, yeah, it does. out there in the universe. And, you know, that, Night, luckily, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> luckily. <laughs> all right, all right, yeah. that's all right. Let's move on to the next question. <laughs> what are some of the positives and negatives that you faced in your marriage as the business grew from one shop to over a dozen? Yeah, exactly. Positives, <laughs> positives. So the Brian, positive. Brian, here's the thing though, but because, and I think it's important for people to understand, Brian is always the glass is half full mm. and Jackie is always the glass is half empty. Mm. So I just, I need to yeah. put that out there because yeah. the positives are very exciting. for. Brian, so I'll which take is the good. positives part of this yeah. question I'll and you'll take, take the, the negatives. negatives. Okay, great. Um, so the positives of, of a marriage, it, I mean, you're sharing all the joy, all the excitement uh, of all the successes. I mean, my God, the successes we had at Ample Hills and the relationships that we formed with people, you know, the Steven Spielberg stuff and Bob Iger, being able to share that with you, with your partner, uh, day in and day out, it was like the greatest thrill, the greatest part of, of, of having Ample Hills together. I mean, many 
obviously many couples spend 40 hours a week apart, completely separate, you know, doing different things. And you really have no idea during those 40 hours what their lives are like. And, and, and uh, I mean, you know, they tell you stories about what their day was like, but you don't, you don't really know. Like we knew what was going on with each other. And that was, you know, an amazing positive. No, I'm, it's true. It was. Um, on the other hand, you knew. <laughs> that person was doing all the time okay, so it was that. constant so mm -hmm. it's like you can <laughs> you can take the same experience and it really can be you know completely positive and wonderful and you know you feel like you're sharing in this experience together and then you can take that experience and it at the same time it's just if it's especially if it's negative it's just you know really uh, you know, doing the same thing over and over again. And then, you know, I mean, the other thing is, is because you're spending, you know, um, you know, all this time together working on the business, you know, you're really not spending time working on the marriage to yeah. make sure that the marriage is working. Uh, mm -hmm. And so you have to constantly, you know, remind yourselves or, you know, as, as, a, as a couple that like you need to, to have that time together that is not business related where, you know, and you know, I mean, we have friends that own a business together um, and they have a, every Thursday, mm -hmm. they, they reserve it for a date night. Yeah. Now they, they don't it's necessarily, it's I mean, annoying, but it's great. They don't necessarily go out just um, with each other because God, then you end up talking about business, right? So right. They make, we've been with them on some of those Thursday nights. Right, yeah. and we and then we respectively talk about business with the other spouse, which yeah. is kind of funny, and but also really wonderful and cathartic and a nice way to spend an evening. So they're just not spending talking about this. They, they make an effort to, to go out with other people. Right. To but it's have about other organization advice. and structure. It's right. just like we were trying to plan with the business to go to the shops every Tuesday and every right. Wednesday. Like we weren't doing that in the marriage and saying, Correct. this day is sacrosanct. We're going to go out and get a babysitter and we're not going to talk about the business. We didn't we didn't really do mm -hmm. that. I don't know. It's kind of miraculous that in 10 years that, you know, we still found that we still, <laughs> that we're still together. I don't know, yeah. but we didn't work on it. No, no. This definitely connects to my next question, which is what boundaries, if any, did you set up to separate home life from work life? Uh, well, yeah, exactly. We didn't. Um, <laughs> we tried at times. I mean, there was, you know, no work at the dinner table, but then, you know, we'd get to bed and, you know, Brian um, would inev inevitably bring up something mm -hmm. about work when I was literally just trying to either read my novel or like, you know, like scroll through Instagram blindly, whatever. And I'm like, oh, I just, I can't, you know, it, it was, it was not a good thing. I mean, we, at one point I was, I was very adamant that we can't talk about it as soon as we, we get into bed. Like we have to, if, if we're in the bedroom, we can't talk about it. We can talk about it in the kitchen. We can talk about it in the living room. We can talk about it in the, we can talk about it anywhere except not the bedroom. Yeah. No, I think that's right. I, I think the dinner table was something that we, we tried to do where we said, you know, we're going to have dinner as a family. Right. Well, that was also because the kids would get so frustrated, too, because they were involved. In, and they, during dinner, they'd be like, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. All we hear is um, everything about ice cream. And, yeah. you know, that's when we made that decision. Okay, so at dinner, we're not going to do that. So we're able mm -hmm. to do that as a family with our kids. 
Um, but it was a challenge. And then the other thing, I mean, you, you started to do over time was, you know, only business conversations happen in the office, in the department we live in, we have a separate, uh, office space, uh, that we're doing this podcast in now, uh, and that we would only do business conversations in there. So I, I remember many times me starting to talk to you about something and you're like, no, we're in the bedroom. We're going over to the office. I'm like, really? I got to walk over to the yep. office. But um, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, we never got to the point where it was like after 8 p.m. or after 9 yeah. p.m. We're not going to discuss it, you know. So it was such a, a part of our you know lives every single day. Overall, what's it like to be in this together? I mean, it's it's overwhelming, and all the positive and negative ways, right? Wow, you said negative, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) I did, I did. I mean, I think it's wonderful because, you know, Brian and I have found a way to be creative and enjoy our time together and, and find a way to incorporate like earning a living and um, creating a, a world, um, you know, together. Mm-hmm. A- and so in that sense, it's been wonderful yes. because I think, um, you yeah, know, it is. I mean, I'll add the negative to your, <laughs> since you're going to be positive. Wow, there. So positive. Um, <laughs> I mean, when things are, uh, in trouble, which, you know, you could only define now as being a time of incredible hardship and difficulty you know it 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 just it adds um infinite amount of challenge to the the marriage to also have the financial troubles of the business or trying to deal with the business at the same time as the marriage and 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 i just think um you know there are there in our better moments it's when we can support each other through that that makes it all worthwhile you know and the worser moments it's when we're at each other's throats and it and it makes it seem like i would do any job you know to not you know be doing to the be same doing thing the same, right i see that you both really have humor in all of this hmm. has that really helped you <laughs> Yes. Um, I mean, I think that that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess it, it is. I mean, it's, it's kind of the way we, we um, thought about, you know, Anvil Hills in the business was yeah. like, you know, not to take ourselves too seriously, right? That's it's right. only no, ice cream. Right. You know, not, let's not take this life too seriously. It's, you know, it's going to be over yeah. before we know it. We might as well have fun doing it in whatever, yeah. you know, way that means. And obviously this is like a super difficult time yeah. for everybody on so many levels. And, um, you know, if we just, if we continue to, you know, make sure we have some levity every single day and do something that, you know, doesn't um, have anything to do with, you know, all the troubles we're going through. It's, you know, it, it's great. So yeah. we, I we think to- that if after 11 and 12 years of being in business and now almost 20 years, are we 19, Mar- 19 years of marriage? 19 years, 19 of, marriage, years of marriage. Yeah. You know, if you can still make each other laugh, then, you know, you're doing okay. <laughs> and I mean, and you you know, you still make me laugh, you know, just about every day. And so I think that if you, if you can still have that happen, uh, authentically, uh, then, you know, then you can muddle through the rest of it. And also ice cream is 
a connector and it brings still brings joy during this time you're still making flavors that's, that's right. true that's right i mean if we didn't like making ice cream then uh, <laughs> we'd, we'd go make something else but like yes ice cream is still something that puts a smile on the face totally so you're looking to start over now open up a new shop what will you do differently this time around mm. i mean everything <laughs> i mean everything we, we're gonna Definitely. I mean, I think the thing we talked about most importantly, and it's just, it seems so boring and so simple, but it's just about putting a schedule together on a calendar. I mean, my God, it's just, it's so silly that something so, uh, that can feel so daunting. I mean, to two people like Jack and I, who are totally structuralist, rudderless, without organization in, in our, our daily lives or in the business's lives, just to get a calendar together and go, okay, Tuesdays are this, Wednesday afternoons are that, Thursday nights are this. And, you know, because I think the resistance to it is like, oh, that's death. You know, that's the death to creativity. That's the death to freedom of spirit to be stuck to a schedule. But I think that we've lived that way for so long that it has actually been the death to being able to yeah. achieve some of the things we want to do because of the lack of organization and structure. Yeah, agreed um, on all fronts. I mean, you know, it it's so simple, it's so easy, and it can offer, you know, just such relief and um, a way in which we can um, be creative and, you know, have a great time and have, you know, these boundaries and these systems in place that uh, are really gonna um, help, you know, run this next business. And will you have a date night in that schedule? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. What day of the week? We have to. Though agree. you can't go out now, so it's kind of like. <laughs> but you know, we can we can certainly get creative, and we can go out. We can go out on long walks. Yeah. Um, well, you know, there's outdoor dining, outdoor drinking. And yes, outdoor dining and drinking. It's been our yeah. spring savior. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's great. So um, I guess uh, next week we'll... Uh, next week we're going to be um, answering all of the many amazing questions that everybody sent in. So please, if you have any other questions that you'd like to have answers to about our lives. Business. <laughs> our business. Marriage. Kids. <laughs> anything. Ice cream. Please DM as the ice cream churns. Um, send me a DM, an email. If you send a voice message on um, Anchor, then please just include your email so I can respond as well. And, um, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, Debbie. Bye. Thanks, Debs. <laughs>